Hey guys, it's Simmy, and this is Pro Wrestling Unlimited, as we are here on the 5th of June, 2022, to talk about everything that went down tonight at the WWE Hell in a Cell Premium Live event, and we gotta say right off the bat, holy crap, Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes going out and wrestling, so we're like, Let's roll back a little bit. Let's roll it back just a tiny bit. So, this morning I wake up. I don't know what time it was. 7 a.m., 7.30, 7.45 maybe. Between 7 and 8, I woke up this morning. And I see a report. I forget who it was from, whether it was Fightful or Wrestling Inc. or something like that. And it said, Cody Rhodes. Or no, it said something along the lines of like, Cody Rhodes... No, oh fuck. Now I can't remember exactly what I said. But it was something along the lines of Oh, fans at live event informed Cody Rhodes injured replaced by McIntyre. It was something along those lines. Fans at live event informed Cody Rhodes injured replaced by McIntyre. I'm like, wait, what the hell is going on? Cody is injured. And so we get the news that Cody's possibly injured. He didn't work the live event last night, but he did work as far as something with Seth Rollins last night. And hold on. I want to see something really fast. Someone said there's a video, and I didn't look this up. I really should have beforehand. Someone said there was a video of Cody from the live event last night. Okay. Uh, No. That's not it. That's AEW. Now I can't find it because I wanted to see. And if anybody has it from the live event last night, please send it in the live chat. Because I want to see if Cody, because we know Cody showed up last night at the live event and did something with Seth. I don't know exactly what. I wasn't told specifically, but did something with Seth after his match with McIntyre. And my question is, did Cody do that in his suit? What was Cody wearing? Were you able to see his chest? Was his chest this bad last night? Like, I pulled a muscle in my chest in high school playing football. Actually, twice. Once playing football and once playing basketball. But that's nothing compared to a torn pectoral muscle. So I've been told. But, holy crap. That, I, I would... I got to pull it up here because I got, I, we're, okay. I got to show you something. Where is the tweet I sent out? Here we go. So let's pull this up on the screen really fast. After the screen, blah, 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 blah. So this is Cody from. The beginning of the match. You see all the bruising. It's purple and all that. And boom, 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 boom. Then we go to this picture. This was after the match. All purple and bruising. Look at all the red. The redness is the bruising getting worse. Like holy shnikes. Holy crap. Cody freaking Rhodes. That's your new name for me. Cody freaking Rhodes. Because that's 
freaking amazing what he was able to go out there and do in that match. And after the match, and we'll talk about this once we get to the match, of course. Cody, after the match, got on the ropes, looked out in the crowds, goes, thank you, I'm sorry, but thank you. Because everyone was standing for him, like, full on, you know, full standing ovation. Cody didn't know to say this. Cody has no need to say sorry. Because Cody gave us more than we deserved. We didn't even need Cody out there. Like, yeah, the main event match, the only cell match on the card. Cool. Okay, whatever. But if he was as hurt as he looked, and that ain't no fake Hollywood makeup job on his arm. That's a real bruise. If, if you know, he's as hurt as he looked. He did not need to do that match. And we know Cody has worked matches when he was an AEW injured. We know he has worked stuff injured before. But that, that is a bad bruise. And like, I don't want to get too much into it because we're going to talk about it later, but that gave me Triple H torn pec vibes. Just saying, but with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited if you are watching live. And I want to say thank you if you're watching later on YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or listening on podcast services all around the globe like Anchor FM. Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Pod, Apple Pod, and so much more. If you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can subscribe to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can be like TKarnI. 1013 actually just did 20 minutes ago with Amazon Prime because remember actually also wrestling fan 09 also used their Amazon Prime to subscribe right here remember all you got to do is take that Amazon Prime account take that Twitch account you link them together but a bing but a boom your Prime Gaming Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games it gives you free stuff for games and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month and I greatly appreciate it if you subscribe right here Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And remember, it doesn't have to be your Amazon Prime account. It can be anybody's Amazon Prime account. Whether that's your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, your auntie, your uncle, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody. You know it's Amazon Prime. You link it to your Twitch account, and there you go. Also, friendly reminder, be just like Jay Grizzle just did and hit that follow button if you're watching live on Twitch and haven't done so already because, well... That way, you know when we go live on Mondays and Wednesdays and Fridays and any other day we do go live. But on the flip side, if you're watching later on YouTube or if you just follow us on YouTube at all, don't forget to hit that join button down below. Hit that join button and become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. Also remember, you can help us out over at patreon.com forward slash PWUnlimited. You get all the same perks as a channel member, but it more directly supports us, and it's in a more concise area, easy for you guys to find everything. And this week, we did put up for you guys to use our WWE In Your House, NXT In Your House graphics, and Hell in a Cell graphics package for you guys to use at your leisure. I do want to say thank you to Raiders United 11, For the 100 bits here on Twitch. Really do appreciate that. But also, finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. 
button's not working. It's not going to pop up on the screen. Buy something, whether that is a new game, an old game, a free game, or you're getting bucks. You know, that new season of Fortnite dropped this morning. You may need to get the battle pass. Hey, the crew, crew pack this month, they got me with that big old Megazord mech-looking skin. So, yeah, you getting the new battle pass for Fortnite, you getting the new crew set up for Fortnite, well, don't forget to use code PWUNLIMITED when it asks you for a creator code. Remember, it's going to say, do you have a creator code? And you do. It is PWUNLIMITED. They're still not wanting to work. Yep, still not wanting to go up. Let's try one more time. Get that button to work. Nope, I don't know why it's not working. Fix that later. But with that, we've got a lot to talk about. And I'm going to say right now, WWE had an amazing show tonight. Not only do they have a great show, but they realized, hey, let's not drag this out. Yes, we had video packages before every match, and it felt like a WWE show, and da-da-da-da-da. But show went barely over three hours, like three hours and five minutes maybe. Started at 5 p.m. Pacific, ended at 8. Like, holy crap. That's all we needed. Seven matches in three hours. And it just rolled on through. And I really enjoyed myself watching Hell in a Cell tonight. So let's get into it as the show did kick off with the Raw Women's Championship match. Bianca Belair defending against both Asuka and Becky Lynch. But, you know, we already talked about the Cody stuff. They mentioned it. So here's an interesting thing. Hold on. One last thing. This is from the pre-show before we get into the main card. And uh, thank you, New Jeffrey, for your Amazon Prime subscription for 18 months. I really appreciate that. But here's the thing. On the pre-show, like right towards the beginning, they told us Cody Rhodes is injured. He's injured. And so with that, Kayla Braxton, then this was dumb, goes, there's been a lot of rumors that Cody was injured due to an attack, but that's not true. That's not the case. Cody Rhodes was first injured. Uh, Cody Rhodes was first injured when he was in a brawl with Seth Rollins this past Monday. Then he was weight training on Friday and fully injured his pectoral muscle, tearing it fully off the bone. And so it's like, oh, okay, well, no one ever reported there was never any rumors that he was injured in a in an attack it was always seth injured himself when he was weight training that's always been the report all day today so that kind of irked me that they tried to change the narrative and everything but oh man hey guys if you're watching on twitch we're almost at a hype train we got another minute or so to get that hype train help us get the hype train here on twitch whether that's with your subscriptions or your bit donations really would appreciate getting that hype train but as far as this first match does go. So it was Asuka, Bianca, Becky. This is a super fun, good opener. I know some people that didn't care for this match that actually didn't like it. I enjoyed it though. I thought this was a really good match and a great opener for this show. During the ring introductions, all three got really big reactions with Lynch getting a mixed reaction. The fans broke out into a loud EST chant before the bell. Belair and Asuka worked together to get rid of Lynch early on, and then Belair and Asuka went back and forth with one another, with the fans breaking into a, let's go Asuka, EST, 
Let's go Oscar EST chant. And so Lynch finally recovers and she starts to take over a little bit. Pulled Asuka out of the ring and climbed to the top rope. Belair cut her off and slammed her down. Asuka jumped off of Belair's back and caught Lynch with a drop kick. Belair went for the KOD, but Asuka broke free. Asuka followed with an arm bar, and Belair broke free with the power bomb into the turnbuckle. Lynch then jumped back in and slammed Asuka off the top of Bianca Belair. Asuka ended up on the apron and grabbed Lynch. Lynch moved. And Oscar collided with, or Belair collided with Oscar. Belair was hanging on the middle rope, and Lynch hit a second rope leg drop for a near fall. Lynch was firmly in control and hit a top rope leg drop on Belair, but Oscar broke up the pin attempt barely. And when I mean barely, like that ref almost could have lost his job because Oscar barely, barely, barely got that damn pin. Like, it was that close. Not the pin, but the breakup break of the pin. Like, it was that close. The ref's hand, like, say my hand right here is the mat. The ref's hand was here. And he wasn't pulling or going slow. He was one, two, three. Break the count. Like, holy schmacks. So Oscar ran wild with the backslide. Two spinning back fists and a series of kicks. Also, a release German suplex. He hit a hip attack for a close near fall. Fans broke into a brief This Is Awesome chant, and Belair recovered and went for the KOD, but Lynch escaped. Belair caught Lynch with a vertical suplex, though. Belair then hit a headspring moonsault onto Lynch and Asuka for a close near fall. Belair avoided Asuka with a backflip off the middle turnbuckle. Asuka fought back and hit the recoil on Belair and Lynch. The fans broke into a loud This Is Awesome chant. Asuka then broke the ankle lock on both uh, no, then got the ankle lock on both Lynch and Bell at the same time. And they're like, who's going to tap? Who is going to tap? I think Jimmy Smith asked it. And then Corey Graves goes, it doesn't matter. Either one of them taps, you know, the match is over. Belair went for the KOD, but Lynch escaped and hit a crossbody. Belair caught Lynch with a small package and a near fall. Lynch recovered and hit a manhandle slam for another close two. Fans broke out into several. This is awesome chance. Oscar missed a hip attack. And got into the got caught into the ropes. Lynch locked on a disarmor in the ropes, which looked super cool. And Belair broke it up. Oscar Lynch traded pin attempts until Oscar got the Oscar lock on. Belair jumped off the top rope and broke up the submission. Well, ish, kind of missed it, but still got it. The finish of the match then came when Lynch hit the manhandle slam on Oscar and had the match seemingly won. Belair then jumped in threw Becky out and stole the pin pinning Asuka to remain the Raw Women's Champion. Super fun opening match. I really like this and thought all three women worked really, really, really well together. And then showed a Roman Reigns video package, which we had technically already seen on the pre-show. But I, I saw someone tweet go, we just saw this Roman Reigns package like 15, 20 minutes ago. Why are we seeing it again? Because that was on the pre-show. So people don't watch the pre-show, so they're going to run the same things. I don't understand. It's not like it's a commercial. So we didn't need to see this again. In the back, Cedric Alexander approached MVP and Omos. Alexander tried coming up with a strategy to help them, and MVP said, bro, what are you, what are you talking about? Hurt business? Ain't a thing no more. Ain't ever coming back. You, as my associate, that, that's not a thing. You've disappointed me too many times. We ain't working together. Omos then told them to leave. We then got the MVP diss track on Bobby Lashley before the upcoming match. 
Also, I forgot to mention Becky Bianca and uh, Becky Bianca and Oscar went 18 minutes and 55 seconds. This next match, the handicap, eight minutes and 22 seconds. And I felt like the fans made this match better than it was. It was a good match. I enjoyed the match itself, but the fans got into this more than I thought they would, and that was a plus. That was a plus. Well, Ashley got a huge reaction as, the, as he made his way out to the ring. Crowd broke out into a loud Lashley chant early. MVP test starting the match, and then MVP teased starting the match, and then eventually, whoop, tags out to Omos. Lashley had the early advantage, but MVP grabbed his leg. Omos rocked Lashley with a forearm, and the heels took over. MVP finally tagged when Lashley was down. Lashley fought back and knocked down Omos. He attempted a suplex, but Omos reversed and slammed him face first. Omos then hit the snake eyes and a splash in the corner. MVP tagged in and rocked Lashley with a right kick in the corner. Omos ran around ringside and drove Lashley through the barricade. The fans popped for this big and broke into another loud Lashley chant. Lashley beat the 10 count barely after going through that barricade. Like, the ref was like, Shit! You're back in! MVP was firmly in control here, taking advantage on the wounded Bobby Lashley. He then speared MVP, but Omos broke up the pin attempt. Omos went for the choke slam, but Cedric Alexander jumped in the ring. Omos caught him and threw him out. Lashley then speared Omos and caught MVP with a hurt lock to pick up the victory. Fans popped huge for, MVP, or for Bobby Lashley winning, and then there was something weird at the end. Lashley wins the match, and I want to go back and see if I'm right on this or not. I never went back to check it, but Lashley wins the match, and he's celebrating, you know, yeah, rah, and the referee motions to Bobby kind of like this kind of a thing. And then Lashley goes, like, I want the belt. I want the belt. After the ref told him to do it, does this mean Bobby's being built up for Roman? Is Bobby Lashley being built up for Roman Reigns? Correct me if maybe I'm wrong, and I just saw something not correct, wrong, I guess, but I'm pretty sure the referee told Bobby, title motion, belt motion. You know what? I'm going to go back and check this really fast. Now it's going to bug me if I don't. Hold on. And I probably can't because they don't put the, the replay right back up on Peacock most of the time. But let me see really fast. Actually, there's other ways I can find it. Oh, the replay's already up. All right. Let me go to the end of this match. Let's go. I went too far. Here we go. Oh, also, I forgot to mention Cedric Alexander. I think I said it, but Cedric got involved, got choke slammed, and yeah. All right, here we go. I think I found it. Um, okay, so we don't see... Okay, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, okay, here it is, here it is, here it is. I think I found it, I think I found it. I need to go back just another, like, 20 seconds. Okay, so I'm watching this live. I can't show it to you guys, of course. But Bobby Lashley's celebrating. He's in the ring. The ref's talking to him. They're showing the crowd. The ref's still talking to him. They're saying, Bobby, go over here. Literally, the ref's directing Bobby Lashley what to do this whole time. The ref then goes around Bobby to the other side. Bobby's still standing in the ring. He then gets up on the turnbuckle, fixes his belt, 
and then he goes, the ref told him something. And I saw the ref do like a hand motion when he went, walked around Bobby where we can barely see him. But Bobby then goes, and then Bobby's on the other turnbuckle. So like, say we're looking at the crowd in the hard camera, Bobby starts on this turnbuckle. Then he goes over to this turnbuckle and he's talking to somebody on the ramp going, yeah, I want the belt. Yeah, 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 I want the belt. I want it. So maybe Bobby next in line for Roman Reigns. I know they're really building up Riddle. Like Riddle looked like a freaking put the belt on him now guy coming out of that tag team match on Friday. But hey, if we need Bobby Lashley first, okay. Or if we need Bobby Lashley after, we need challengers. Let's start building Bobby up. He won the handicap match. Now let's give him some more matches. We got a hell of a, no, a Money in the Bank commercial. Jimmy Smith, Corey Graves, and Byron Saxon discussed the injury to Cody Rhodes. They stretched to Seth Rollins. Didn't cause the injury. No. He was hurt. He was hurt working out. Next up, we had a nine-minute and 20-second match. It was Kevin Owens against Ezekiel. It was fine. This was fine. But at the same time, I liked it. There's faint Zeke chants, which caught me off guard. This crowd in Chicago, really good. This was a, when they say Chicago's one of the best cities for wrestling, that's why. They got great crowds. And Fantastic crowds. So, early on, Ezekiel surprises Owens with a jumping knee at the bell. He followed up with a flying elbow for a near fall. Again, like I stated, fans were chanting Zeke faintly, but there were some enough to notice. Uh, the two brawled at ringside for a little while, and Owens took over after throwing Ezekiel into the ring post. Owens hit a swanton. And I guess a moonsault-ish off the uh, second turnbuckle for a near fall. Owens went for, no, he had a senton, then a moonsault, then the swanton. But Ezekiel got his knees up on the swanton. Ezekiel would then take advantage and fire back at Owens, who was in the corner. He did once miss a stinger splash, but hit a spine buster for a two. Ezekiel avoided a stunner attempt, and Owens scored a near fall with a pop-up powerbomb. Owens then taunted Ezekiel and maybe for a little too long. He went for the stunner again, and Ezekiel rolled him up for a two. Ezekiel climbed to the top rope, and Owens cut him off. He then hit two super kicks and a cannonball in the corner. Owens then hit the stunner and picked up the victory. Fans popped big for the finish, and Kevin Owens winning the match. So, now what? The story's technically not over. Just because Kevin Owens won doesn't mean, kabosh, it's over. No, because the whole story is... I'm going to prove you're Elias. You're not Ezekiel. So beating him, what does that do? That doesn't prove anything. It just proves you won the match. You're better than him, whether he's Ezekiel or Elias. So where does this go now? Again, it kind of can't be over because it's not like he won and in winning proved Ezekiel is Elias, if you know what I mean. They got a Seth Rollins video package for the six-man or mixed tag team match. It was Judgment Day. Edge, Damian Priest, and Rhea Ripley against AJ Styles, Finn Balor, and Liv Morgan. I thought the match was good, but a little longer than it needed to be. I felt like it dragged at times. Fans did pop for Edge picking up the win at the end, though. 
So all six faced off in the middle of the ring, and then they started brawling. They sent Priest and Edge out of the ring. Styles and Balor launched Morgan into the air, and she caught Ripley with a Hurricane Rana in a cool-looking spot. Ripley, though, then took over with a vicious headbutt like this looked like they cracked heads hard, and then she followed up with a delayed vertical suplex. Morgan fired back with a missile dropkick. Ripley rolled to the corner and tagged in Edge. The Judgment Day took over, so Edge finally got into the ring. He beat Balor down along ringside and slammed him into the announce table. The heels isolated Balor on their side of the ring in the corner. Balor fought back, but Edge prevented a tag. Priestin hit a series of kicks, and Balor responded with a hard chop and a Pele kick. Styles and Edge got the tag at the same time here. Styles ran a wild and scored a near fall on Edge. Edge sent Styles onto the apron. He caught Priest with a running knee and hit a phenomenal forearm on Edge as well. Priest, though, broke up the pin attempt. Morgan and Ripley tagged in. and They traded pin attempts for a little bit and got a good reaction from the crowd with their bat and their really nice back-and-forth action, I guess. Ripley hit a suplex for another near fall. Ripley went for the riptide, and Morgan escaped and tagged in Finn. Morgan then caught Ripley with the DDT, and all six started brawling again the ring and outside the ring. Styles and Balor hit planches onto Edge and Priest at ringside. Morgan followed this up with the suicide dive to Ripley. Balor went for the coup de gras, but Ripley knocked him off the top rope. This was a little weird, and this is, I don't I didn't like this spot. So, it's one thing when someone's standing on the top rope, someone comes up, grabs the leg, shakes the rope, pushes them. But literally, Finn's on the top rope, slowly standing up, and Rhea's just Ultimate Warrior shaking this rope, and Finn doesn't fall for a good 15, 20 seconds. She's shaking the shit out of these ropes. And Finn's finally just like, oh, I'm supposed to fall. Crotched himself. I was like, ooh, that didn't look too great. Like, the way she was shaking these ropes violently, he should have fell instantly. Anyways, little nitpick there. Styles hit the phenomenal forearm on Damian Priest and took him out. Edge then tossed Styles out of the ring in a brutal-looking spot through the turnbuckles. The doctor actually ended up checking on AJ, who actually came up bleeding, I think, what, from the mouth area? Finish then came when Balor went for the coup de gras, but Ripley stood in the way. Morgan took out Ripley. Edge avoided Balor and hit him with a spear to pick up the win. So what that Judgment Day does win, and the crowd popped big when they counted the three and raised their hands. So, excuse me. Looks like Judgment Day is getting over, which is good. Judgment Day is getting over. I mean, they're heels, so they shouldn't be, like, cheered like this. But, hey, crowd's liking them. That's a good thing. We go to the back. They recapped. Well, first, they recapped Bobby Lashley winning the handicap match. Then we go to the back. Lashley's walking around, and he comes up on Cedric. Cedric Alexander noted, hey, yes, I got in, in, involved in your match, but I didn't do that. For myself. I did it for myself. Not for you. I'm tired of MVP treating me the way he does. He's like, I'm just standing up for myself. And Lashley's like, hey, hey, nothing wrong with going out and standing up for yourself. Nothing wrong with taking out the people or trying to take out the people that are doing you wrong. But, uh, hey, I'm going to tell you right now, don't get involved in any more of my matches. And so you're kind of like, uh, yeah, you got it. MVP then walks off. Then they got a recap of everything going on with Mad Cat Moss and Happy Corbin. And then we had 
The no holds barred match that went 12 minutes and four seconds. Match was okay. Like I said, with the uh, the last match, did drag at times. It did drag at times. But I'm gonna say right now, it exceeded my expectations. Even though I really didn't have any expectations for what this match was going to be anyway. So, yeah. Fans broke out into several We Want Tables matches. They were starving for tables. Didn't get any in this match. And in the main event, when Seth brought out that first table, literally, the crowd went so wild that they started saying, Thank you, Seth. When Seth brought out that table in the cell match. But Corbin got his normal reaction. And Moss got a good pop reaction from the crowd. Not like a loud pop or anything, but better than you would expect. Moss sent Corbin to the floor with a clothesline. They brawled up on the ramp, and Corbin briefly took over after ending, uh, sending Moss into a chair. They fought back to the announce desk, and Moss tried to use the chair, but Corbin threw it away. Corbin tossed Moss over the announce table, and Moss recovered and threw, Corbin, or threw Graves' chair at Corbin, and Graves goes, oh, that was a good chair while it lasted, or something like that. I thought that was funny. Fans broke out into a loud We Want Tables chant. Like I said it earlier, they didn't get it. Corbin took over and teased pulling out a table. Fans went like, yeah! And then when he put the table back, they went, boo! Like, no! Like, God damn it. Wrestling fans really love a good table spot, don't they? Corbin hit a choke slam and grabbed a chair from under the ring. Fans booed that he grabbed a chair and not a table. Corbin beat Moss with the chair, hit him in the neck. Fans broke out into another We Want Tables chant. Corbin recovered and hit a deep six for a close near fall. Corbin then went under the ring and got another chair, and the crowd booed again because, like, he had the one chair. Then he got thrown out of the ring, and instead of grabbing that chair, he went under the ring for a second and produced another chair. He knew what he was freaking doing here. Um, at one point, Moss sent Corbin into the chair and took over. Corbin, for some reason, kept turning in, like he's like on all fours on the ground and kept turning into the chair shots with his shoulder. I don't know if that's the right thing to do. But at one point, Corbin got DDT'd onto the chair for a two. Corbin regained control with a chop, a chop block at ringside. He beat Moss around ringside as the fans continued to chat for tables. Corbin wrapped the chair around Moss's neck and drove him into the announce table. Corbin then set up the steel stairs in the corner, but Moss reversed it. He gave Corbin a fallaway slam into the stairs. He followed this up with the punchline and wrapped the chair around Corbin's neck. Moss then gave Corbin the pillmanizer and uh, with the chair and the stairs to pick up the win. So with that, Madcap Moss does defeat Happy Corbin and after the match, Medical checked on Corbin and took him out on the stretcher. At this point, I go, oh, two matches to go. This show's breezing along. This is an easy show to watch. Got another Money in the Bank commercial and a Bianca Belair video package. We then had the United States Championship on the line. Austin Theory defending against Mustafa Ali. I thought these two worked really well together. Had a really good match. And, well, they played up that Ali's from Chicago. We're in Chicago. So what does that mean in WWE? Oh, your boy is losing. Literally, Austin Theory comes out. And as Austin's putting his cell phone down in the corner or whatever, we hear, and his opponent. And at first I'm like, wait, is he not going to get an actual entrance? The hometown boy from right here in Chicago, Illinois, 
Mustafa, Ali, and then Ali comes out and wearing, you know, the shirt's kind of like a Bulls shirt. It's got black and red and cool gear with the Chicago flag symbol on it. Really cool. Really cool. Huge reaction. And they noted that his wife, kids, and close friends were all in attendance here live. Theory had the early advantage with the side headlock, though. Ali hit a sling, uh, sliding drop kick and a flying crossbody for a near fall. Fans broke out into a loud Ali chant. Theory tossed Ali into the ring steps at ringside, and the fans broke out into a loud Theory sucks chant. Ali climbed to the top rope, but Theory shoved him uh, to ringside. Also didn't mention, match went two, 10 minutes, 23 seconds. We got more Let's Go Ali chants, and Theory slowly slowed down the pace with a chin lock. Fans again still cheering for Ali. Ali fought back and caught Theory with a spinning heel kick. He took over with a rolling neck breaker to a lot of cheers. Um, Theory then pushed him off the top, but Ali landed on his feet. He grabbed his knees and tried to hit a super kick on Theory. Also, let me check something really quick here, guys. Um, check one quick thing. Okay, we're good. Back to the action. Uh, where was I? Where was I? Um, they recover here and hit a sort of Spanish fly. Ali fought back and climbed to the top, but Theory cut him off. Theory went for the A-Town down, but Ali reversed into an STF to a huge pop. Also, give me one quick second, guys. I just need to change one thing. This. All right, there we go. So hit some, not a perfect looking, but an okay looking Spanish fly. Ali fought back and climbed to the top, but Theory cut him off. Theory went for the A-Town down, but Ali reversed into an STF for a huge pop that almost looked like Theory was going to tap, but then he made it to the ropes. Ali hit a tilt-to-whirl into a DDT, and then climbed to the top again. Fans were buzzing for Ali to hit that 450, he hit the 450, but Ali missed the 450 as Theory moved out of the way. Ali got to his feet and was taken right back down with the chop block from Theory. Theory then followed this up with the A-Town down and picked up the win. Fans erupted in a chorus of boos as Theory retained the championship, the United States title. <clears throat> Excuse me. We then got another Money in the Bank commercial where they made us know, you know, you know, uh, 4th of July weekend, July 2nd, Money in the Bank. They then recapped Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins and everything going on with that. And then we got the match. 24 minutes and 29 seconds. Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins. Cody starts to... This match was... Even if Cody wasn't hurt, this was a phenomenal, phenomenal match. This was a great Hell in a Cell match. But in my opinion, and I... You don't got to agree with me. You can. You don't have to. It's my opinion. Cody make Cody being hurt actually brought a different kind of vibe to the match as far as a concern for Cody that I don't think, that I think made the match better. The two just going out there and having a great Hell in a Cell match would have been one thing. But Cody being hurt put a whole nother aspect on this match. 
And so Seth's making his way down to the ring, right? He comes out. He's got his jacket on, but he's got it tied really tight. He's doing this dance, dance, dance. Whoa, and he spins around, and he's doing his whole thing. I'm like, he's got something special under that freaking jacket. He's got something under that robe because he's got it so tight that we don't see it, and he's right, 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 right. And then he goes, ha, 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 and he throws the robe jacket off, and not only is Cody wearing polka dots, but he literally, other than, like, the headband, had Dusty Rhodes polka dot gear remade. That's literally an exact replica of the Dusty Rhodes gear. I'm like, oh, snap. He went one extra step. Not only wearing polka dots, but wearing the same kind of gear. or a rep- It's not Dusty's gear, of course, but a replica of Dusty's exact gear. Cody makes his way out. Of course, the cheers. And as Cody's slowly walking down the ramp, I go, either that's a big-ass bruise under that jacket or the light's hitting him in a weird way. You can start to see the way he was moving. You know, he was moving, and you know, the jacket was kind of moving a little bit with, you know, walking and whatnot. And I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. And so we get into the ring. Mike Rome does the introductions. First off. Seth freaking Rollins. And Seth takes off the tank top shirt thing, throws it away. We then get in his opponent from Atlanta, Georgia, the American Nightmare, Cody Rose. And the crowd's going, yeah. And Cody takes off the jacket. We see the bruise, and the crowd just, yeah. They didn't know what to think. I didn't know what to think. Good question there, Magma Lord. Give me one second. I didn't know what to think when I first saw that bruise. I was like, holy snikes. Like, what the hell? And then, and then I do have to correct myself. It wasn't a exact, exact Dusty Rhodes replica, but it was pretty close because Dusty never wrestled in long tights. He always wrestled in trunks, underwear. But to Magma Lord's question, no, I'm looking at it now. No, those boots were not the. Dusty had a cool pair of cowboy boots with like gold diamond design. But Seth's that I'm looking at here, he had kick pads and boots and all that because that's just Seth Rollins and what he wears. But. He had yellow kind of accents that resembled ish the cowboy boots, the dusty warp. So it wasn't an exact replica. So I do want to correct myself on that one. It wasn't an exact replica, but pretty darn near close. So we see the big old bruise on Cody and we're just, and I mean me and all the other people I saw on Twitter were like, whoa. And commentary was just like, oh, how is Cody going to wrestle with that? This doesn't look good. And everyone seems concerned. And, you know, it's horn peck. Bruise from the elbow all the way up the arm, around the armpit, and down to the peck. That's exactly what a 
fully torn pec off the bone looks like. We've seen it before with Triple H. Pull up Triple H's injury photo. Um, where is it? I'm trying to find the best one. Because, like, when Triple H tore his pec, let me see if I can pull this up. Yeah. So this was Triple H when he tore his pec. Bruised all right around here. All bruised. And then, of course, y'all saw it tonight. Cody and his bruise. Actually kind of worse. But I don't know the Triple H picture compared to the Cody picture. The time, the time frame of when Triple H posted that picture after the injury and when Cody's actual injury started. Like when he got hurt. They said Friday he tore the bone, the peck off the bone. It, you know, the injury was confirmed as a Friday. But the whole time during the entrance as well, Cody's crying walking to the ring because he knows he's going to be gone for a little while. Torn peck off the bone that needs surgery? At least three to four months at least. And I think that's three to four months before you can start doing anything physical. So that might even be three to four months. Then he can... Now, I don't know when rehab starts, if it's within the three to four months or not. But from what I read, there's two different... Depends. A normal person, they say is fine after three to four months. But an athlete, three to four months before they can fully start training again. So you might be able to, you know, start your rehab before the three to four months are up. But normally for an athlete, three to four months before they can actually get back into the swing of things with the way they train as an athlete. So I read a couple conflicting things, one about athletes, one about non-athletes with the same injury. So maybe Cody gets on the ladder three to four months and he's back. But it looked like that bruise got worse throughout the match. So oof. talk about it. Rollins immediately went after the injury. Rose broke free. Tried to hit a Cody cutter, but hurt himself in the process. Is usually when he does the Cody cutter, jumps up on the ropes, feet on the middle ropes, hands on the top ropes, grabs it for a second for leverage, and then uses all of his, you know, his arms and his legs and everything to bounce himself back off. But Cody basically had to springboard off of this where he just ran, jumped, grabbed the top really fast for stability, and then he used his legs to spring him because he couldn't push off with that arm. Barely got that Cody cutter, used the right arm, and... Anyways, so he barely gets the Cody cutter. Rollins then locks on a figure four. Rollins put himself on the apron and pulled out a kendo stick from under the ring. He then, well, started going after the injury of Cody with the kendo stick over and over again. Rollins then sends Rhodes into the side of the cage. He rubbed Rhodes' face in the cell. Rhodes then fought back, and the fans broke into a brief Cody chant. Rollins regained control after hitting Rhodes with the seal steps. Rollins pulled out a belt with yellow polka dots. Fans then sang Rollins' theme song at one point. Just, I'm sitting here and I just hear, whoa, whoa. And I'm like, why the hell are they singing Seth's theme in the middle of this match? Rollins then whipped Rhodes with the belt and got a near fall off of it. 
Seth then pulls out a table and this crowd pops like The Rock or Stone Cold came back almost. Like he got a hero's welcome kind of pop. Fans broke out into a loud, thank you, Rollins. Thank you, Rollins. Because they finally got tables. But here's the thing with this dang near table. Look at this damn table. Now to the people watching at home, not a big deal. Or watching their live, not a big deal. But to us watching on TV, look at this right here. You can literally see where it's cut in the middle. Got this photo as well. You can see it right there. Cut in the middle. I'm like, ah! I cut that one a little too deep. Rollins set up the table and went for a superflex on Rhodes. Rhodes, though, slipped out and attempted a powerbomb, but his injury was too much and he couldn't hold Seth on his shoulders. Rollins then took over and placed Rhodes on the table. Rollins went for a frog splash, but Cody moved and Rollins crashed hard through the table. Crowd popped, but... When Seth came down off the frog splash, right? So Seth's in midair, full extent of the frog splash. He pulls back in on the frog splash. And when he comes down on the table, rotates a little shoulder first into the table. We then see Seth laying there for a moment and start going like this. You don't do that unless you think you may have hurt yourself. You don't try to, okay, I can still squeeze my hand extremities. Unless you think, uh-oh, did I just mess something up? But hopefully, Seth didn't ding up his shoulder or something. Because the way he landed, A, when I said that table looked like it was cut a little too deep, he went through that table too smooth. Usually they say, eh, table spots are not bad because they break your fall. But that table literally just poof, split right in half, and Seth shoulder first right on the mat. He rolled into it a little bit. Rhodes then went out of the ring and produced a bull rope. They said bull ropes are a rite of passage in the Rhodes family. Cody's father, Dusty, always used a bull rope. And his brother, they wouldn't say his name, but they said, and his brother became some sort of an expert at the bull rope match as well. He then put the bull rope over his wrist and demanded Rollins do the same. Rollins did. And we suddenly got the first ever bull rope match inside Hell in a Cell. Rhodes rocked Rollins with a super kick and cracked him with a cowbell for a two. Rollins then used the rope to pull Rhodes into the ring post. He finally took off the rope and pulled out a second table. Crowd cheered again. Rollins set up the table in the corner, but Rhodes fought back. Rhodes attempted to powerbomb on the table, but Rollins broke free. Rollins then hit a running powerbomb on the table, and the fans broke into a loud, this is awesome chant. Rollins pulled out a sledgehammer, but Rhodes kicked it out of his hands before he can use it. Rhodes then hit a pedigree to a massive reaction and got a near fall off of it. Fans were going wild at this point as Rhodes produced the sledgehammer. He picked it up and we go, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. And Rollins ran away as Rhodes chased after him. As they got back into the ring, Rollins hit the stomp for a very close near fall. Fans broke into another loud, this is awesome chant. Rhodes avoided the stomp. And Rollins hit a crossroads. Rhodes held on though, rolled it through and hit a crossroads of his own for a near fall. Rhodes and Rollins then slowly both climbed or I guess to say crawled over to the sledgehammer with Rhodes getting to it first. But he went to pick it up, but he picked it up with the wrong arm, the injured arm, and couldn't hold it. 
Rhodes recovered, though, and hit two crossroads. He wasn't like he it looked like he was going to go for a third, but grabbed the sledgehammer instead and hit Rollins directly right between the eyes with it. Went for the pin one, two, three, and picked up the victory. Cody Rhodes defeats Seth Rollins. Now, here's my thing with this. Everyone was saying, you know, Cody can't be losing. Cody can't be losing. Cody's got to win. Now, going into this match, I was saying the same thing. Cody can't lose. Yet, Cody's going to be out for a little while with this, this torn pec injury. That would have been the best way to give Seth a win. Because if Cody's going to be gone, he didn't need to win. And it wouldn't make Cody look bad. Because it's like, if Cody's going to be, you know... Pushed as a top guy in this company, he can't be losing. Gotta keep winning and winning and winning. But this would have been the time where it would have been okay for him to lose, especially if he's gonna go away for a little while. Because after this match, Cody started crying. Cody's in the middle of the ring. He's looking out around, sitting there. He's on his hands and knees. He kisses the ring and he's crying and he's crying and he's crying. He finally gets on the turnbuckle and he's like, Thank you. I'm so sorry, but thank you. As the crowd giving him a full standing ovation. And there we go. Cody finally gets off, waves at the crowd, raises his arm and stuff. And yeah, wild turn of events. Did not expect to wake up this morning to Cody Rhodes stated as injured last night at a live event to Cody's hurt, fully torn off the bone uh, pectoral, and he's going to wrestle this match. And have a damn good match at that. But like I said, I think the injury actually made the match better. Actually made the match feel different than just another Hell in a Cell match where they do stuff with the Cell. There added there was a sense of drama with the injury. There was a sense of urgency of okay, Cody needs to not hurt himself anymore. Cody needs to get this over with. He needs to beat Seth. He needs to get out of there. And so I actually thought it made the match better. I'm going to be completely honest. But with that, that, ladies and gentlemen, was hell in a cell. Or as Vince McMahon would say, hell in a cell. I thought overall, really good show. I thoroughly enjoyed the entire thing. I really did. But with that, now, I want to know what you guys thought of the show. I'm going to go check out the polls. Then, we're going to get a word from our sponsor. And then, finally, we're going to talk a little, not much, from last night's In Your House event. NXT In Your House. But let me pull up the polls here really fast. As far as the Twitch poll does go. Oh, and I just lost the Twitch chat. Uh-oh. Um, 89% liked tonight's Hell in a Cell event. 11% thought it was just all right. Let me pull this Twitch chat back up because I lost it by accident. Go there. Let's go. Oh. That's not the right link. Why is it not wanting to come back up now? Give me a second, guys. Here we go. We got this. We got 
the Twitter poll. Or as the Twitter poll does go. 78% liked Hell in a Cell. 21% thought it was just all right. And finally, the, the YouTube poll. Remember, now all the live polls for YouTube will be in the community tab if you aren't watching live. And, wow. Doing them in the community tab. Actually, not a bad idea because more people are now voting on it that way than used to watching live. So, hey, actually working out pretty good. 63% thought the show, liked the show. 26% thought it was just all right. And 10% did not like Hell in a Cell. Um, I don't know why people keep commenting where was Bray Wyatt. Nobody ever reported that Wyatt was going to be on this show at all. Nobody ever reported that. But with that, guys, now we got to talk about the sponsor of this video. Yes, that's Shop Disney. You heard me right. Shop Disney. Shop Disney is excited to announce. They are thrilled to announce, I should say. They'll be kicking off June with a limited exclusive offer that the, they would like me to tell you about on June 8th and 9th. They will be doing a they do be doing an extra 15% off sale with code extra 15. Again, use code extra 15 on any purchase on at on shopdisney.com between June 8th and 9th. This this deal can be used for anything, whether that is a birthday present, a graduation present, something you need for the summer, something you need for this fall, or so forth. Anything on Shop Disney will be discounted at an extra 15% off, even if it's already on sale on June 8th and June 9th. When you use the code EXTRA15, that's E-X-T-R-A-15 at ShopDisney.com, but only for those two days again, June 8th and 9th. Head over to ShopDisney.com on June 8th and 9th. Use code EXTRA15, and yes, get an extra 15% off your purchase on either of those days. But with that, let's now jump in and just briefly go over the biggest news coming out of NXT in your house. Last night was NXT in your house from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. On the show, we actually saw, I want to say, two title changes. Let me just double check my notes here. Yes, we saw two title changes with Carmelo Hayes becoming the new NXT North American champion and the Creed Brothers winning the tag team titles. After the night, in my opinion, and I think it was a consensus through everybody on Twitch that I noticed, Carmelo Hayes, Cameron Grimes, match of the night. That match was awesome. I knew these two were going to have a banger of a match. And Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes did not disappoint at all. Not, I'm not upset. Now, after I have to preface, I'm not upset that Carmelo Hayes regained the North American Championship. But I thought what they should have done was Carmelo Hayes lose, go on a little bit of a winning streak, and then say, hey, I always keep calling myself the A champion. I always kept saying that the North America title was the A title. But in all actuality, the A title, the, the main title, that's what Braun Breaker has, and that's what I want because I want to be the real A champion. 
I thought that's what he should have done. <clears throat> so, as we move on looking at the show, or as results do go, we do know that... Um, why did I just lose my notes here? When the opening match of the night... Well, actually, there was a couple pre-show matches. Valentina Forez defeated Ariana Grace, and Ica Minjiro defeated Dante Chen. Then we saw The Family, Tony D'Angelo, Channing Stax Lorenzo, and Troy Two Dimes Donovan actually defeat Legato Del Fantasma. And I was shocked. I was shocked. Because it's losing team must join the winning team. And I did not think this was going to happen. I did not think that The Family was going to beat Legato Del Fantasma at all. But the match itself also, really good. We're not seeing much, if any, of any, really, of Lorenzo and Donovan. No stacks and two dimes. I thought they showed a, a, they had a very good showing. And everybody in this match looked really well. Like, I was shocked with how much I enjoyed this match. Like, I know, you know, it's a lot of good workers. But I was kind of just like, wow. I didn't know what to expect from stacks and two dimes. They over-delivered, in my opinion. And then, of course, Legado Del Fantasma, Escobar, Wild, and Toro. Del Toro, whatever he is. Really good, really good. Um, one drawback I did have of the entire show was that there was crowd noise piped in the entire time. Like, arena fans. Like, loud. <sighs> yeah! Ooh, yeah! And there was one point in the Cameron Grimes, I think it was the, yeah, it was the Cameron Grimes Carmelo Hayes match where they're going at it and they're going at it mile a minute, kind of doing their running thing. Then they do this thing where they're both up on the, the ropes, like in the middle of the ring, but up on the second rope and the middle, top rope, and they do a Spanish fly. And we hear like a loud, like 20,000 fans in the building. Yeah. Yet only half the crowd were standing up for that. You can literally see people sitting. It's like this. But they piped in. A lot of crowd noise for this show last night for like every match. Every match. Uh, as we moved forward, Toxic Attraction, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane successfully retained the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships against Katana Chance and Caden Carter. And if I'm going to be honest, that was the only way they could have gone. Because Caden Carter and Katana Chance have been here for so long that no one would ever take them seriously as tag team champions. Because they've always, we're conditioned to know that they're. I guess I guess to say it, losers. Not championship material. You know, we already talked about Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes. That match was really, really good. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Mandy Rose successfully retained the NXT Women's Championship against Wendy Chu. I thought the match was good. A little too much comedy for my liking in the match. Like one time, um, Wendy was sitting in the corner and Mandy went to run at her with a knee. She pulls up a pillow and blocks the knee with a pillow. Mandy then destroys the pillow, pulls stuffing out of it, and then throws it into the crowd. And my first thought was, I saw who caught that. I don't know who you are, but uh, do you get to take that pillow home? Do you get to take that pillow home? Anyways. That match is all right. I thought it was good-ish for what it was. Not great or anything. Maybe one of the weaker matches of the card. We then saw the Creed brothers actually finally defend uh, uh, capture. I don't know why I'm, I'm looking in here where it says Mandy Rose retains. I kept trying to say retain. 
capture the tag team championships, and they made a big deal out of them winning. With I, I always get them mixed up. Who is who? Which one's Brutus and which one's Julius? Because the one that's like more toned and slimmer did an amazing shooting star press off the top. Like he got to the top rope, stood there for a second, looked around like, I got this. I got this. And then just, whoo, perfect shooting star. Like a perfect shooting star. Then we had our main event. And I'm like, oh, Lord, what is this match? This match was not that good. I mean, the match was good, but not main event NXT title good. It was Braun Breaker successfully defending against Joe Gacy. And they did the whole, well, if Braun Breaker gets disqualified, he loses the belt. So there was a lot of, he used a weapon. He used a weapon. Gacy at one point tried to be Eddie Guerrero where he had a chair. The ref was doing something I don't exactly remember. But Gacy threw the chair over at Breaker and then laid down. And so they're like, did you use the chair? Did you use the chair? I'm going to have to disqualify you. Then another ref, they, they overbooked this shit. Another ref then runs down right as the other ref was about to call for the end. And goes, no, no, you can't do this. He didn't use the chair. No, he didn't use the chair. But here's my question. When refs blow calls, why don't other refs come down and go, you got to reverse that or you can't do this. You know what I mean? Just saying. But then there was like a lot of interference from, maybe not a lot, but there was a good amount of interference from, I guess, Joe Gacy's druids, if that's what we're calling them. Joe Gacy took a wicked bump through the table, though, the announce table. Yeah, this Saturday said exactly what I was thinking. I was watching it with a friend last night, and I was like, oh, man, looks like Gacy just died. But overall, Gacy looked all right. Braun Breaker looked good, as he usually does. I just thought it was funny is I was watching with a friend that doesn't watch NXT. And so the match starts and he's kind of paying attention. Then finally he looks up and goes, is that a Steiner? I'm like, yeah, that's Rick's kid. He goes, oh yeah, he looks like him. He looks like a Steiner. Like he doesn't know anything. He's a, what you would call super casual fan. Doesn't know anybody in NXT. Knows most people on WWE's main roster ish. The, the more heavily pushed guys. And a good amount of AEW wrestlers, but knows nothing NXT. So when he finally looks up from his phone and goes, is that a Steiner? I, I laughed pretty hard because I'm like, yes, that is Rick Steiner's son. He goes, well, he looks just like a Steiner. I would have known that a mile away. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. That's what everyone always says. Oh, yeah, he looks, like a, he looks like Rick. He looks like Rick, and he's got the mannerisms and the dialect of his speech of Scott. But overall, probably one of the weaker premium live events from NXT. But what do you expect when you've got this version of NXT putting on these shows? Well, like I said, we were just going to do a brief rundown of NXT, give you my quick thoughts. Overall, I thought there was some good wrestling on the show. Again, the six-man tag really over-delivered over from what I thought it was going to be. Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes. Fantastic match. Almost couldn't have been any better, in my opinion. And even Wendy Chu and Mandy Rose. Not the best match, but for what it was supposed to be with all the Wendy Chu comedy and stuff and it being a Mandy Rose match. It was fine. It was all right. It was good. But I just I couldn't get into Oh, and the Creed's and Pretty Deadly had a damn good match, too. 
but I just never was able to get into that main event at all with Joe Gacy and Braun Breaker. But with that, guys, if you want to let me know what you thought of tonight's show or even last night's NXT in your house, you can do so by texting in to 510-906-1341. Again, that's 510-906-1341. And woo, only got one text message, actually. All right, cool. Let's be quick. Her says, does Drew McIntyre take one of the titles from Roman at Clash the, Cast Clash the Castle? That's a good question. I have actually heard two different things be pitched. Either A, Roman at any of these shows, whether that's SummerSlam, Money in the Bank, Clash of the Castle, does double duty and defends both belts, or they just do. This unified belt is just the unified belt, and that's all that there is. Not one over the other idea has been, in my, from what I am hearing, agreed upon. Vince hasn't made up his mind, but it has been pitched both ways. Oh, Roman's got both belts. He just defends both belts once a night, you know. But there, there have been pitches of, well, you know, we've got SummerSlam. He could defend one belt against Randy Orton and one belt against Drew McIntyre or Cody and, and somebody, and you know what I mean? So we'll see how it goes. They haven't made up their mind from what I have heard. And, yeah, all we know that it's been pitched both ways. He's the unified title. It's the unified title. So do it as the unified title, not... Two titles he's holding on his shoulder. But it's also been pitched as it's two titles. Defend both titles in one night. But with that, guys, I want to say thank you for joining me here live. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. If you watched later on YouTube or podcast services around the globe, I want to say thank you for watching or listening there as well. As this was my WWE Hell in a Cell review and kind of mini recap of In Your House. Remember, we will be back live tomorrow morning, twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited for the wrestling wrap-up. And then we'll be back here again tomorrow night for Monday Night Raw. Also, I do want to give you guys a programming note. There will not be, i got to say not be, a SmackDown review this Friday. I'm going out of town. We're actually going camping this weekend, taking the kids, going with some friends. We're leaving Friday afternoon, going camping for the whole weekend. So I will not be doing a SmackDown review, but... I think I will have good enough service where we're camping to where if there is any like big news, whip out the phone and do one of those, hey, this ain't a conventional video, but here's the news kind of thing that I've done and you guys probably noticed in the past. So even though I'm camping, I will still do the work in case there is any big news that needs to get reported on. I will do it for you guys. I will do it for you guys as long as I'm not out on the lake because uh, we're going to have the jet skis. We're pulling the kids on the tube in the back. So we're going to have a lot of fun this weekend. Hopefully you guys have a lot of fun next weekend as well. But I did want to let you guys know, no SmackDown review this coming Friday. Because I'm going to be out of town all weekend. Kind of need. I want to, you know, bring my troubles to you guys. But, you know, been down recently. And I think getting away. Sometimes, I'm going to say it right now. If you're ever feeling down on yourself, never feel like, oh, you're going to burden somebody with your troubles. Because you've probably got at least one person that you can go to and talk to. And if, you know, sometimes you get into a rut, like I feel like I may have here, you know, because I'm just always, I'll tell you guys right now, most of my days are just spent at home in front of this computer working. And not going outside, not really interacting with people in person. And I feel like I've gotten into a little bit of a rut with that. So I felt like, you know what? My friend said, let's go camping this weekend. This was all before I told them that I was feeling like this. 
we actually scheduled this like a month ago but he was like let's go camping and i was like you know what getting away this weekend actually may be good for me get out do things not just always what i'm always doing sitting in front of the computer working so hey i live in a great area where we got great outdoors trust me you ever heard of yosemite national park that's where i grew up basically i was there all the time i grew up 30 45 minutes south of yosemite in the mountains of california like the really only real mountains of california well not only because northern california up near redding and stuff there's a lot of mountains up there too and tahoe but like the biggest set of mountains in california is where i grew up so we're going camping this weekend we're gonna be out on the lake all weekend with the jet skis and all the other stuff so should be really fun maybe i'll vlog some of it and put it up on my other channel uh youtube.com forward slash timmy buddy we'll see how it goes we'll see how it goes indeed but with that guys I'll see you tomorrow morning for the wrestling wrap-up. Have a good night, and I'll see you next time.